0: Hey, ladies, are you looking for a podcast that brazenly advances women's political interests? Check out Female Political Strategy. Female Political Strategy is a
1: politics-focused spinoff brought to you by the ruthless minds behind the female dating strategy.
0: I'm Lilith, a socialist. Elle, a conservative. And I'm Roe, and I'm politically non-binary. Join us as we shatter male-crafted narratives on all sides of the political spectrum and spearhead our agenda for a female-focused future. Tune in to Female Political Strategy wherever podcasts are distributed. You can also find us on Twitter, at Female Political. Until next time, Team Female. Hey, queens. Are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture, relationship, and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the Lurker Mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon Discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist-themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, T-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS Podcast Queens live, as well as submit stories for our Rose Disco queen. And Nasus discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. Today we're attacking the Tinder swindler. Dun, dun, dun. This has been blowing up on social media. And I finally watched it last night. I wanna say straight out of the gates, if
1: these women had FDS, they wouldn't have been scammed. They would have never fallen for this shit. This is I see this as a story of why FDS is necessary and as a course correction for society, for women.
0: I don't blame them for following victim to the scam so much as I think that yes, like we said before, society kind of sets women up to be exploited like this. Yeah yeah so, yeah
1: these women <laughs> were set up to fail by
0: liberal media by you know the disnification of our romantic encounters, which is not lining up with the realities of dating in this market, specifically on dating on things like tinder, which requires betting, yeah.
2: And I think for me, what also stood out the most is that we often think like when we think of romance scams, we often think of like a 70 year old woman, you know, falling in love with a Nigerian prince in Africa (laughs) um, who completely scams her. But but these were women who were conventionally attractive. They were clearly quite successful. They were intelligent. intelligent, And they still got scammed. So, you know, I've seen... uh, you know across like social media saying you know people saying oh you know that will never happen to me and it's like but these aren't your your typical victims of a romance scam you know they're if anything they're the complete opposite and i think it's important to it's important to bear in mind that um you know believing that something won't happen to you it brings the possibility of you having a massive blind spot because i'm sure these women thought the same thing as well
0: yeah i will say from my perspective like his scamming skills are actually kind of (laughs) mid yeah I
2: actually thought it was it was a it was a very very elaborate scam like he clearly the
0: scam was elaborate his like way that he he lured the women in was pretty mid
2: it was pretty mid, but if you think about like all the tenants and all the aspects of the scam, it was very very well you know thought out like he'd thought of every scenario like any like resistance they they came up with he had an answer for it,
0: yeah, that's true so um let's give. A brief synopsis of what happened, you know, obviously, spoiler alert, the Netflix show revolves around uh, three women who were scammed by this guy named Simon Levive. Fake name. uh, Fake (laughs) fake name. He actually, so I I won't get to the big reveal till after the the synopsis. So the first girl, Cecilia, she meets him in London on Tinder. He says he's flying out of London the next day and then tells her to come to meet him at a fancy five-star hotel for dinner. And drinks right so they have dinner and drinks eventually he invites her off in his private jet to fly out of london during this flight out of london she meets his baby mama <laughs> the mother of his two-year-old child where the baby mama apparently says that simon's a really good guy he takes care of us i'm glad you guys are dating really butters her up then they go to where did they fly to again i want to say it was
2: bulgaria it was bulgaria. bulgaria
0: they flew to bulgaria they uh end up having sex during sex, she he, notices he has scratches on his back, and Scars, he, yeah. he makes up this story, who knows if this is true or not, uh, that he was in a South African prison, and he was discriminated against because he was Jewish, and that, like, someone uh, tried to attack, antagonize him on his diamond business, etc. She flies back home. He basically says, like, oh, the night's over. Um, I think he f- made up some fake business he had to do. <laughs> so she flies back home and then, uh, she's like, Oh, I'm all worried. He's going to, if he's going to see me again. And then eventually he does start to see her, uh, see, her, or at least text her and say like, they Oh, I love a relationship. you. Yeah. They're in a relationship. I want you to be my girlfriend, et cetera. Um, and then he proceeds to fly her all around the world, like whining a diner, et cetera. And, uh, eventually uh, claims that one of his bodyguards, he says he's a diamond. First of all, he says he's the son of a diamond billionaire and that's how he gets all of his money to wine and dine women. So he claims that somebody's after his family, he has enemies, so to speak, and that they attacked his bodyguard that he can no longer use his own credit cards and he can only like, he's going into hiding. So then he asked her to open a credit card and open a loan for him so that he can still conduct his business and that he'll pay her back. Which, of course, Mm -hmm. he doesn't pay her back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the wildest thing is he sends her like fake uh, bank transfers saying that he did pay her back and then just gaslights her when the money doesn't come through kind of thing. And she ends up, she just keeps taking out loans thinking he's going to pay her back and he never does.
2: Yeah. And what's also even like, even crazies you know, when she's getting concerned that she's hitting her credit limits and, you know, can't, because t- I even thought to myself, how is she getting these loans? But then he actually employed her and sent her fake pay slips. Now, I don't think she got the money that was on the pay slips because it said she was being paid like $90,000 a month. And obviously, then, if you have that as proof of income in the UK, um, that They'll increases. They'll give you whatever your,
0: credit you want. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. If you're earning ninety thousand dollars a month.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that. So that, that's what's crazy. Yeah. So she gets. She's able to take out two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of loans, personal that's loans insane. and credit card uh, credit card limits. So yeah, pretty insane. So obviously, she never sees a dime in that money back from. Simon, who eventually disappears, breaks up with her, and then runs the same scam on a woman named Pernilla. Although they're not romantically revolved, they're just friends. Um, he basically runs the same thing with Pernilla, pretends that his friend Peter is being attacked. He has to go into hiding, says he's gonna. Uh, says he wants them to move in together, Asked to borrow money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's the scam.
1: Yeah, and then uh, at the end, okay, Eileen, Queen Eileen, she ends up scamming him back. But we'll get there.
0: We'll, we'll get there.
1: Let's dissect this story. So first of all, let's talk about, like, what were some of the early tells? What, what are some of the red flags in the early phases that stood out to you? I
2: think for me, it was in the interview with Cecilia, who was the woman from uh, Norway. And she was talking about her experiences of online dating. And she said that I, um, I, that she used to idolize stories like Beauty and the Beast, where basically a handsome prince would come and save a woman from, you it's know, the life that feet. she was living. Yeah. So it was, it was clear that she was almost like looking for a guy to, um, to just completely sweep her off her feet. And I, I remember watching it and seeing like when she was talking about Simon in the early days about how he took her to, um, a fancy restaurant in, you know, London. I think it was even for a coffee date as well, which is just definitely sus. <laughs> On. <laughs> um, but then when she was talking about the early days when he, you know, promised that they would get a flat together in London and, you know, gave her like a $15,000 a month rent limit, I could see like her eyes were lighting up and it was clear that she had fully bought into the Disney fantasy where you know, I guess, I mean, she wasn't like a poor old maid, but, you know, <laughs> in comparison to the wealth she thought that Simon had, she basically was. Um, and just expecting this super rich billionaire to sweep her off her feet. And unfortunately, Disney's conditioning, it makes, you know, women, extremely vulnerable to this idea that there is a guy who's gonna be on, um, on a white horse and he will, you know, come to save you from your problems. It also, you know, leads, it also feeds the idea that a woman has to, has to basically struggle and suffer you know, to get the love and relationship that she wants from the man she's into. If we look at Beatty and the Beast, for example, she had to cohabit with a literal piece of shit beast until he saw the light and started treating her well and they lived happily ever after. It's all nonsense. Real life isn't like that. If you meet... A rich beast in real life It they will remain a rich beast there's no happy ending to that story ever
0: so i think too he tried to impress her with his wealth because i think she did say like, it was the first time she had like caviar and all those types yes. of really fancy things yeah. so
2: i've been on a private jet as well yeah. it's the first time she'd
0: done that so and also she's from a small town so i imagine there's probably not a lot of elaborate wealth around there or at least like not as many uh, blatant scammers I thought she was from Oslo. She said she was a small town girl. No, I think her mom. But maybe lived she's in Oslo. from a small. T- mom lived in Oslo because she yeah. remember saying, "Well, I thought I was a small town girl." Oh, okay. and like she gets maybe. remember that part. So I thought I I don't know how big Oslo is or like a- it's like their capital, right? <laughs> no, no, but I mean she might be saying I'm outside of Oslo. <laughs> oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, meaning like a person. They say they're from Oslo, but they could be like from some place outside of there. But the way maybe, but she seemed very naive and very overly trusting. But yeah, yeah. So I'm like that. Pretty much makes me feel like maybe she didn't grow up in it. A more city because like if you grow up in like New York for example you know people are trying I feel like anybody from New York people would, are trying to scam you all the time yeah people would have seen this shit like girl he running credit card scams like for like for like <laughs> what it was within like two minutes whereas like a woman who wasn't used to men doing that sort of thing might have like fallen for that so so actually so I'll say my my uh immediate red flags were the two biggest ones if there's anything that you learn from this podcast learn these two dating tips. Um, If a man tries to create a sense of urgency by saying, oh, I have to meet up tonight because I'm leaving town, mm. don't go. <laughs> like, it's either love bombing, yeah. it's either bullshit, he's trying to get you into bed, et etc. Always suggest another time. Number two, never go to a second location with a man on a first date. This is like yeah. kidnapping rules apply here when you're on a first date with a guy. You know how they say if you're being abducted or kidnapped like fight for your life before you get to that second location because if you get there like it's, it's over pretty much. Um, I think those rules very much apply on a first date. So don't go to a second location with him. Always wrap up the night at the first location and this is especially important. This is why we also say don't do bar dates because a lot of times guys try to do the bar crawl thing where you mm-hmm. go to like several different bars and then try to make it look good. First of all, even if he's not as scam artist um, it creates a false sense of intimacy and a lot of the pickup artists and the red pillars suggest taking women to multiple locations on the same date because it makes it seems like you're taking them on multiple days and and speeds up the intimacy process and it's a part of love bombing you to try to get you to fuck on the first date Yeah. yeah yeah try to get you to fuck on the first date but also like love bombing you long term if they're trying to like if they're trying to scam you, right? Like, which some of these guys are. So the multiple locations thing is always a red flag as well as the, like, false sense of urgency. So immediately, the fact that she not only, like, went that same day to go see the guy and then like went on a a jet plane like to some unknown country with the guy she just met even after her friends told her like, sis, he could be a literal kidnapper. (laughs) Like you could be out here being trafficked. And she was like, YOLO, going anywhere. I'm like, that will really, really, really get you messed up either way. So yeah,
1: listen to your friends, sis. Like your friends had some common sense. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, those two things right there. I was like, those are, those two are probably the biggest and massive red flags when it comes to dating on an app sense of urgency, a guy trying to take you to a second location.
1: Yeah. I want to say the first The first thing that stood out to me was actually the fact that he's a single dad. Um, and this, h- Hear me out, hear me out. Because I think that single dads should be treated like pariahs, especially if their children are very young. First of all, um, very, I would have, if I was in that situation with the baby mama, I would have asked a lot more questions about why they broke up. You know, why, why didn't it work out? Right. Because most of the time, most women women with young children generally don't leave the father of their child unless there's something seriously wrong. Uh, it's not like, you know, in, in the early phases of dating where it's like, oh, you know, we just didn't have any chemistry anymore. Or, oh, you know, we, I just didn't think we were compatible or something like small and situational like that. No, generally, once you have a child together, most of the time, the women in that situation are pretty motivated to keep it up unless he's, there's something seriously wrong with him. Uh, in the situation with a single dad, either he left her or she left him for her to leave him he probably did something really bad and for him to leave her that means he's just a deadbeat who just like broke up with his baby mama when with like a young child right so either sc- either scenario whether it's his fault or her fault or not fault but like whether it- he broke up with her she broke up with him doesn't matter both of these situations are a red flags so single dads of young children to me unless he's like a widower that is a red flag to me. So I would have definitely asked more questions with baby mama. And bringing your baby mama with you on a first date with another woman. A date. What
2: the fuck? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Even that, <laughs> I wouldn't even bother asking her anything. I would just turn around and walk out. Like, who brings their ex and child on a first date? And even the fact he even, I don't, I'm, I'm not actually sure if he actually has kids or not, but the fact he brought a child on a first date as well, a massive red flag. Any single parent or any responsible parent would not would not think that's appropriate behavior to be introducing um your young you know child to different people that you're dating like so early on on the first date
1: Yeah, it's weird if you if you are dating and you have kids, most of the people I know who are generally like sane and good parents, they want to hold off on introducing their child to their date, because they want to make sure that they're in it for the long haul, that they have a good relationship and so on. It's not nice to introduce a child to a potential like, you know, parental figure or something, if they're not going to be around for very long, right? Like, I think, in, in fact, like some of the most toxic people I've met, who are parents who date, they introduce their kids to their dates really early on. It's like this revolving door. It ends up, you know, creating issues for the child in terms of like attachment and so on, right? So I, yeah, I would have def, I definitely would have judged this guy for bringing his child on a first date. That's weird, for sure. Though that was like the early, early red
0: flags. So I feel like if she had said no, um, I can't meet you today. When he first tried to say like, oh, I'm going to be leaving the next day then uh, he probably would have just abandoned shift and not talked to her after that. Yeah. Which I need people to understand like that's like that, that is a compliance test. And if they stop talking to you, that's probably a good thing. Mm. Cause, Cause I mean, because in I'm like best case scenario, let's say he actually is serious about leaving. Then who knows when you'll see him, you know, months from now anyways. So, and then secondly, um, like you'll be able to weed out like how interested he is in it. If you just say like, Oh, you know, I can't make it right now. How about next week, or how about when you come back to London, or whatever? Like, give him another option, and then see how he responds. He'll either completely—if he's a scam artist—you fail the compliance test, compliance test, right? Yeah. Which you want to do if he's like a decent guy and he actually wants to see you, he'll be interested in scheduling for some other time. And then, secondly, if you don't go to second location, also a compliance test because if you refuse to go to the second location, then he's realizing like, oh, well, she just ate my food and left, right? And he'll start yeah. to like panic because you haven't. Uh, given the indicators that, like he's his investment was worth something in the future,
1: yeah, I want to say, like, I, I, the best piece of dating advice, and I, I sort of practiced this even before the Lundy Bancroft episode, but he mentioned this on Lenny mentioned this in the Lundy Bancroft episode, how um one of the best ways of vetting for abusive or just like shitty men in general is just being less cooperative you know? So saying like, oh no, I can't, I don't want to go to that location or, oh, let's meet at a different time or something like that. And so I find, I, I've noticed this a lot with women when they meet a guy, especially if he he's a guy that they perceive to be high value, like he's really rich, really attractive, or has other qualities that she really likes and that are rare in men. A lot of times women are just, you know, they get into this mentality like, oh, if I Uh, if I set a boundary, if I say no, or if I say want to meet a different time, you know, he might lose interest in me and then I'll miss out on a really great guy. And it's like, ladies, like, that's not the mentality that you should be having when dating. Because here's the thing, if he is a good guy, if he's actually interested in you, and I do this all the time where I'll just like, even if I'm not actually busy, I'll just say that I'm busy just to make him come up with a different time. And most of the time, like they'll, they'll come, they'll come back with a counter offer. Right. And they'll try to make it work if they're interested in you. Right. But the shitty guys, the scam artists, keep in mind that con artists, they're doing their own sort of vetting, right? Like they're trying to see how gullible you are, whether Mm -hmm. you're willing to go along with what they say. And by, you know, going on the second location, by, by going along with all their tactics, that tells him, Oh, this is a really, valuable or uh good mark kind of thing
0: yeah so the next part of the whole scam then she gets to bulgaria with him and has sex with him and then he has all these scars on his back and then says he went to prison in north africa south africa was it south africa Uh, says he went to prison in south africa okay so like Massive, glaring red, red flag. flag this jail. man's been to prison, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for, like, kind of undisclosed reasons he's saying is discrimination against him because he's Jewish. If you would like to hear our thoughts
2: about women dating prisoners, please check out our Patreon episode, 10 Tips on Dating a Prisoner. It's actually been released to the general public. But we roast the concept of dating a prisoner um, or an ex-con because juice ain't worth the squeeze. That should have yeah. been another red flag.
1: This is another thing. I, I get a lot of men you know, coming up with these sob stories or, oh, I'm discriminated. you know, him saying that uh, he was discriminated against for being Jewish and so on. I mean, it, it, a lot of women, because we're very compassionate, will hear that and be like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you kind of thing. And I thought fa- I've fallen for that, like, <laughs> so many times in my life, that kind of emotional manipulation, right? And it's just made me, you know, a lot more like savvy and, and m- much more strict with my emotional boundaries, right? I, I, I get suspicious of men who tell me, sad stories or anything that makes me feel like oh poor baby anything that makes me have that feeling early on Mm -hmm. i start to go into pattern recognition mode
2: and another thing as well is that a like a high value man he wouldn't find it appropriate to disclose that so early on to a woman he's just met even if i mean everybody comes with you know baggage and their own traumas but disclosing that on the first date trying to make you feel sorry for him is a very is a common tactic of abusive men um Mm -hmm. because that is also how they emotionally hook you in and if you couple that with um you know women who have sort of a savior complex then you've got a a really really (laughs) <laughs> I and mean, then you've got a set up for a very very bad relationship dynamic.
1: Yeah. There's actually a really good book on this called The Sociopath Next Door by Martha Stout. I highly recommend reading it uh as a woman, it'll help you tell it'll help you become more savvy about the tells of like psychopaths and sociopaths and one of the biggest ones, in fact, the number one tell that she says is him trying to make you feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of people think that oh, a sociopath or a psychopath they're you know, they're gonna go out there and try to make you afraid of them. That's actually not true. Most most of the time, their first thing is to try to rope you in using emotional manipulation. Or rope you in using emotional manipulation, try to get you to feel bad for them, to lower your guard, and it makes you much more like mentally pliable, you know, when you when you feel bad for them.
2: If you look at Ted Bundy's victims, for example, like he that like he managed to lure them in by pretending to be disabled.
0: Yeah, pretending to be injured, yeah. Yeah, so the... The fact that he went to prison and then the vague excuse that he was betrayed... Allegedly went to prison. Yeah, we don't know
1: if that's true.
0: Well,
2: actually, no, he did... He, actually, no, he did go to prison. He did. That was... But it was in Finland for scamming.
1: In Finland. <laughs> yeah, for scamming. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, he did go to
1: prison. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so he actually did go to prison, but just not in the circumstances that he claimed. But yeah. yeah. As
2: they say in a Russian proverb, like, a lie is best concealed between two truths. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> anyway
1: oh and the other thing is like beware of men who say things that it's like she even says like oh it's like exactly what i wanted to hear or he's telling me exactly what i wanted to hear right so if he, if a guy's future fa- and we talk about future faking on fds all the time when a man's promising you the world oh we're gonna get married we're gonna have babies all this kind of stuff that's another thing that sets off my pattern recognition with men is if they're making all these grandiose promises and stuff i'm like What's your agenda? You know, it just yeah. makes me suspicious. So be definitely beware of men. It, you know, if you feel like it's too good to be true, it probably is. A
2: man who's got good intentions, he might know that he wants to marry you, to have a family with you early on, but he'll never say that because he understands that he also still needs to vet you properly. So even if, I mean, um, you know, for example, my brother-in-law always said that he knew um, that he wanted to marry my sister, pretty much straight away but he didn't then go and say like let's get married or we'll get married one day it still took a while before he eventually made the proposal because he was vetting as well so um so yeah and also if a guy is coming out with things um because i i read the text messages and it was it was your typical scammer language as well like <laughs> honey i love <laughs> you like all that stuff like that it's just it's, it's quite generic as well but it, I mean, if he's willing to say that to you early on, then he's likely said that to other women early on as well. Yeah. Um, So you need to put that into perspective, too.
0: Yeah, he's love. I mean, it's classic love bombing. This entire setup and execution of the scam relied on that early onset love bombing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from whisking her away to a foreign country, whining and dining her, sending her gifts early on. He was sending her like bouquets of flowers, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really tough because I know a lot of women want they really want the love fantasy and they're really, I mean, and I'm not going to shame women for like if they want a guy that has money to take them places, right? So I get why just having the signifiers of being able to provide for her, being able to send her gifts, being attentive is so special because like so many men are just not even. And so few men are like that. So few men are like that. Mm. And um, because most of the guys who are trying to have sex with you aren't nearly as uh, suave about it, I su- suppose I should say. Like most of them are kind of crass. Mm. Oh, come over to my apartment for Netflix and chill and we'll fuck on the mattress on the floor kind of
1: thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like the bar for men is so low that it doesn't take much for a man to seem like, wow, he's this like amazing high value man kind of thing, right? It's really easy to get swept off your feet in that kind of dating culture.
0: Yeah. Which is why we say don't take low effort dates. Like I, I don't, I'm not saying every guy's going to be a billionaire who's going to buy you caviar, but it shouldn't be like such a huge deal that a guy takes you to a nice restaurant, right? Like,
2: <laughs> but didn't but didn't he even ask them on a coffee date? Like, they went yeah. <laughs> to a fancy hotel to drink coffee.
0: Yeah. Was it coffee? I, I don't remember if it was, like, Pernilla. I do remember Cecilia saying um, that she had never seen, like, the gold-flecked caviar before. Mm, yeah, I think it was... Um, so, so I don't remember if that was the first date or, like, a couple of dates in.
1: I think it was the second woman who had the coffee date. But still, yeah, like, I, I mean, even... for people criticize FDS a lot because we tell women uh, to expect men to invest financially. And to be honest, like a lot of abusive men will use like financial control over women. And so I want to be very mm. clear that like, we like it when a man invests, but just because he invests in you is not automatically, it doesn't automatically put him in the clear, right? When we say high value men, we're not just talking about looks or talking about money. We're also talking about character, right? And so, a billionaire who is attractive but is also cheating on you and scamming you and, you know, doing all this stuff behind your back. That man is low value.
0: Billionaire quotation marks. <laughs> fact,
1: ne- this man is literally negative value. Like, he actually put all of these women in debt, right? He's yeah. actually negative value because he had such a negative impact on their life, right? So, yeah. I mean, just keep in mind, like, even if he, if he seems too good to be true, if he's doing all these grandiose displays... You know, you definitely appreciate it, I guess. But, like, you know, don't, don't like, allow yourself to be swept away.
0: Yeah, pace yourself. Like, set start yeah. setting boundaries and see how he reacts. To me,
1: even just the fact that he was that busy was a red flag. Like, I wouldn't want a relationship with someone who's always flying out and being in different countries and doesn't have any time for me kind of thing. Like, even just being that busy to me was a red flag.
2: <laughs> and to be fair, that was another tell as well, is that... like long distance relationships man alive you have to be careful (laughs) you have to be so so careful um it seemed like they were never in the same place um cecilia and and simon um you know, for anything like longer than a couple of days, he would fly her out. It just seemed like the whole relationship was long distance. Yeah. Um, just like Lily said, if somebody is just like genuinely too busy to be in the same location as you, because there are some jobs, like if they're a pilot or whatever, where they are flying like around a lot, but you just need to approach such relationships with caution and you need to doubly vet the person that you're with. I I think, given the intensity and the speed of the relationship, it was way too quick, considering that they weren't even in the same place for most of the time.
1: Yeah. And I, I also, a vetting strategy that I'd strongly, strongly advise women is don't allow men to fly you out. If you want to meet a guy and he lives in a different city than you, especially if he's wealthy, get him to come to you. Like, meet him on your home yeah. turf where you know yeah. the city, where, you know, if something happens, you can always bail. Um, you know, you're not you're not trapped in another city kind of thing. And I learned this lesson the hard way. Um, you know, some people, you know, criticize me because I used to be a sugar baby. But I want to be clear that experience is very traumatizing and I wouldn't do it again. Uh, and I learned this lesson the hard way that a lot of these rich guys will fly you out to another country, wine and dine you to create a sense of obligation. Yeah. And it'll make you feel like I can't say no or I have to do what he says because, you know, you know, he spent all this money on me, you know, I don't have a choice kind of thing, right? And so, Isn't
2: that what Scrope
0: Portnoy did, basically? Yeah, exactly. I think he was fairly cheap. He just invited the girls to his house. So I don't even think yeah. he did all that. But, like, my experience, too, is, like, in addition to the love-bombing aspects of men, just, like, dropping a lot of cash early on, is that it—it it is uh, a tell of guys who are trying to, like, force you into bed. Like, they're trying to create a sense of urgency to have sex with you, and they think yeah. of you as, like, an object to a certain extent. If you let a guy fly you out, is if he puts the ticket like in your name and you have a return ticket. Maybe, even then,
1: even, even then, I don't know if there's something about being on your home turf. Like for me personally, it's something about like being in my city where I know everything. If something were to happen, I, I always know like where, you know, I, I always know I can like bail, like, you know, quickly duck out, uh, you know, if there's like an alley or something like that. If the guy's being shady, I know, w- you know, the actual physical landscape of the city and I could like. Escape if, if something ever happened, right? But if you're in another city, you don't know the area. It's much more dangerous. You don't know the terrain.
0: You always have him fly out to see you. If you get to the point later, if you're in a relationship and you fly out to see him, then definitely have a destination and a return ticket and make sure it's in your name, even if he pays for it.
1: Even then... <laughs> It's just because it's risky just because if you stay in the same hotel room, he's going to expect you to have sex with him. That's the other thing. Oh, no.
0: Get your own hotel. That's the other thing. You pay for your own lodging unless he, like, offers to pay for your lodging offer. Like, even if he pays for your ticket, make sure that you have the ability to have lodging off-site. Yeah. And I and actually, if he doesn't offer that right away, just say, like, oh, I'm going to get myself a hotel to just put my stuff or something like that. Make up an excuse about why you need to debate it.
1: Even then, I don't know. I just, I don't risk it. I, for me, it's also a power move. It's like, I want to see if he's willing to come to me.
0: I'm just saying if, if, if he does it and is successful and you want to, like, switch roles, like, how would you do it in a way that would give you the maximum opportunity to escape if it goes bad? I, I would definitely not, on a first encounter, just fly out to see a guy. Yeah. But let's say, like, it's actually, like, legit. How do you protect yourself? I would say, get the ticket in your name. Make sure you have a place to stay that's not his house. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't stay at his house. Just don't do it. And don't stay longer than like two, three days. Yeah, maximum. If not two, I think two is actually probably max that I would say.
1: <laughs> this is actually another huge red flag was that um, he said he wanted her to be his girlfriend, but then she goes on Tinder and sees that he had changed some of his pictures. Oh,
2: he saved even active. Yes, I forgot about and, that. And one. he was
1: like, oh no, I deleted the app. Never give a man an opportunity to lie to you. And I see this all the time where, like, women, they see something, they see their man doing something shady, and it's like they confront him because they hope that there's some kind of explanation other than him being a cheater or other than him being a piece of shit or whatever. It's like they want it to work out, right? And so they'll just sit there, and the man, of course, is just going to lie. Like He's
2: He's not going to tell you (laughs) you the truth.
1: If you catch evidence of him cheating or whatever, right, he's not going to be like, yeah, babe, I'm really sorry I cheated. Like, No, he's going to lie to you, and here's the thing, if you go into that with the mentality of wanting to work things out, you're going to believe him. Right? Don't let yourself get swindled. Don't give men an opportunity to lie to you. Okay, if you have proof of him being shady, like being on Tinder after saying, after he wants you to be his girlfriend, that's your answer, sis. Like, he's on Tinder after you guys define the relationship. Right?
2: it's It's about women being able to trust our intuition. Like, something doesn't have to be, like, you don't, you know, need to, you know, catch him in the act, like, shaggy before you realize something's (laughs) off, right? If something makes... It wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. If if something makes you feel deeply, deeply uncomfortable, then that that is something that you should listen to, even if you didn't necessarily catch him, in quotation marks. But if it's, you know, made you, you know, double take or if, you know, you feel like he's going behind your back, that is reason enough to cut off the relationship.
1: Yeah. Trust your gut, ladies. Like, if your intuition is telling you something isn't right, it's probably not. Okay. And I feel like society sets women up to fail all of the time by telling women, Oh, it's probably not like that. Oh, you're probably misreading it. You're perceiving it wrong. Whatever, right? There's this like widespread and individual. There's like the gaslighting that's on the individual level as all as well as on the widespread societal level. And more and more women need to just embrace their inner intuition because you're probably right.
2: Exactly. Every single time I've ignored my intuition when it comes to a guy, it has always ended badly.
0: So the next part of the story is where I feel like 95% of women would have been like, you got me fucked up right now. Which was <laughs> yeah. the whole incident with Peter being attacked and those fake staged Pictures, blood. <laughs> Peter is such a bad actor. I was watching. I was looking at the pictures, like, how did anyone fall for this? Like, he doesn't even look. Like Peter down. But he looked blood. Peter down. But Peter looked. Did he look hurt? Like he looked like he was so clearly acting in the pictures. Is it just Bieber? Were they were they really bad? I was like, I was cracking up watching the the pictures of Peter allegedly suffering.
1: I mean, I do think it's plausible that he could have gotten actually injured. I mean, he had, like, actual, like, scars and stuff, like, stitches on his forehead and stuff. So I think, like most oh, likely that
2: can be done oh that can be done with makeup though that's not difficult like hollywood makeup yeah and it looked like makeup blood i mean look at hollywood for
1: example i mean they were in the ambulance it looked to me it looked somewhat realistic but to what i think happened is most likely they got in some kind of physical confrontation either like at the club or something unrelated to it was mm. you know the they, they could have gotten into a conflict but it wasn't because of his enemies quote unquote <laughs> enemies, enemies right it most likely it was caused by something else and he they at When it happened, they're like, oh, let's just take pictures we can use of this later kind of thing, you know? Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the pictures were fake, like, period. But even so, we preach this till we're blue in the face. Like, never involve yourself in a man's business, period. Right? Best case scenario is if, like, he's actually on the up and up, you're still doing, like, free labor for him. Right? And then also, like, if anything happens, you're now liable, like, what happened with this uh, this credit card scam he ran through C- uh, Cecilia.
1: Yeah, like, never invest in a man's business. Th- until you're married, the money should be
0: flowing in one direction, in one direction
1: only, okay? From the man to the woman. But also,
0: <laughs> of all the friends that this billionaire supposedly has, he has to ask a woman he met off Tinder a month ago to float him, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, that's, cr- that's crazy. Like, they were only dating, like, a month. Yeah, also, the...
1: The fact that he said, like, oh, my enemies are tracking my credit card statements, like, that is not how things, like, work. Right. <laughs> right? Like, if the police can't even arrest, you know, if the police are so incompetent they can't even figure out which flight he's on so that they can arrest him, there's no fucking way your quote-unquote enemies are tracking your credit card, okay? Just get a different credit card. That's on the bank. It, like, what is the bank involved in, you know, <laughs>
0: involved in his... Uh, enemies or whatever like it's just so unbelievable but it was very very odd to me that she didn't ask that many follow-up questions and was just really really scared because of the peter situation i guess he tried to make it seem like she was in danger too
1: yeah so that kind of that was actually part of it i think he got her to feel like oh i'm i'm kind of in on this like i'm in danger too kind of thing and you know keep in mind also that um fear is a very powerful emotion. And when people are afraid, it actually like shuts down your ability to think critically when you're in that kind of fight or flight mode. And men often do manipulate women's fears against them to cause them to act against their own self-interest. A good example of this, you know, in right-wing women, Andrew Dworkin talks about how um, the right manipulates women's anxieties and fears uh, in order to you know, get them to put their own interests last and put, like, basically white men or right-wing men, you know, first um, or to basically prioritize the men in their life over their own interests by manipulating her- their fears and their anxieties and so, that's another thing red flag, is if a man is trying to make you feel afraid, either for him or of, of him that, <laughs> like, or just of other things in general, like, that is another huge red flag Yeah, he sent her pictures of, like, bullets in the mail
0: <laughs> Like, he said, <laughs> he started saying, like, they're sending me pictures of bullets in the mail. And like, that's the time when you go, man, you've got a lot going on right now. Talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> you, I'd strongly advise most
1: women, like, th- that's the other thing is, like, this is why you shouldn't feel a sense of obligation to men just in general, because as soon as they start going in with, like, the, oh, I'm involved in criminal activity kind of thing, that's when you go, well, that sounds like you're going through a lot right now. Like, I, you know, best of luck with that.
0: <laughs> Bye. Right. You know, so another aspect of this, um, of this scam, obviously, the the initial scam was with Cecilia was the scam that he ran on Prunilla. So basically, the setup was pretty much the same, except for he took I think he took Prunilla on the coffee date. And then he tried he later brought his baby mama on a a vacation that he took. No, that wasn't a baby mama. That's a different woman. He brought a Russian mom. That was another weird fucking
1: thing is he brought a Russian model with him. And then, like, this other random woman who's his friend. I don't know. Well, okay, so
0: Pernilla said she didn't want to be involved because, like, he went out to a club and was, like, buying bottles and was uh, attracting the champagne girls, I think she called them. What did she call them? Basically like the she called them champagne girls yeah. yeah champagne like basically the women that like show up when guys are like uh making it rain at rich clubs and like are only there to keep drinking and hanging out and i was like yes those that's how you do it with men like <laughs> like go in there
1: get your drinks champagne girls in this situation were are smart yeah just
0: get your bag they're and go smart <laughs> that's how they do it like a lot of these guys some of these guys have the money they're spending other guys don't let me put it that way and yeah. then <laughs> 90% of these guys, like, you know, they're, they're tricking money around because like, obviously they're trying to attract women and trying to like, uh, if you're, if you're trying to have a relationship with a guy like that and he's doing that, he's going to cheat on you for sure. So first of all, with the whole burnout, oh, for, for sure. sure. Like, cause he yeah. he's really in the like ostentatious phase and he wants, like, he wants the attention on him, but like the vast majority of these women are there for a good time, not for a long time. Because they know like yeah. what these guys are about. Like they're they're either uh trying to attract women with their money only, so they might sit around and like hang out for like a couple of handbags. But the only women that are gonna keep hanging out with these guys long term are like sex workers who are like trying to get transactional money from them or um gold diggers. Yeah, gold diggers. Honestly, no disrespect to gold diggers. I honestly think that's a very
1: <laughs> highly esteemable profession is being a gold yeah, digger. Yeah, I'm not mad at them. Uh, I'm not mad at gold diggers. I'm saying that that's actually a better strategy than this, like, weird, like, you know, sense of obligation that these other women feel to him, like, that they need to save him and loan him money. Like, that's just bizarre.
0: And something I saw on Twitter, which was kind of, kind of made my heart drop a little bit, but I think is correct, is that it seems like Simon was scamming, like, the quote-unquote regular women so that he could impress the models who he actually wanted. So, like, all of the yep. regular women's purses, they were reached in their purses so that he could wine and dine Russian models.
2: <laughs> so he could yep. get the woman that he wanted, yeah. Because it didn't seem like Polina was scammed; she just dumped him when he got arrested.
0: Exactly. Like, the, and when he when it when she was searching for the women who were scammed by him, and for the first time he went to jail in Finland. Like, they look like very regular. A few of them look like older women. So mm-hmm. this guy was scamming regular, regular women, and then like uh, all his real women he was trying to impress were models. So yeah. <laughs>
1: This is another th- way that I think men manipulate women's, like, insecurities is that, you know, career women, women who are, you know, over the age of 25, uh, you know, women who are maybe not, like, you know, 10 out of 10 attractive, a lot of these women feel like that they're are made to feel like they're undesirable and that if they want a man that they have to, you know, kind of go the extra mile, so to speak. I want to maybe do an episode on Dirty John. I've been wanting to do it for a while, but we just haven't gone around to it and, and how, John Meehan used a similar tactic with Deborah Newell and, you know, she was, uh, a bit. she was, I think in her fifties and was a career woman and a lot of career women, a lot of like, you know, um, women over the age of 25, I guess, are made to feel like, yeah, they're made to feel undesirable. And so when they do f- meet a guy who's really into them and he's reasonably high value, they feel like they kind of latch on and be like, you know, this is my last chance. Um, and they feel like they need to put in more effort into the relationship to impress them. And it's like, nah, sis, Don't let your insecurities, you know, society's, like, devaluation of you allow you to get scammed like this. It's really
0: tragic. Plus, I think both these women came from countries where, like, going Dutch is normal, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was the other subtext, too, is the 50-50 thing where, I don't know, like, it seems like the women are more accustomed to, like, having to pay for things or, like, it's normal for men for them to ask for money. Whereas I feel like women from countries where that's not the norm would have, like, laughed in his face. (laughs) Like. <laughs> yeah, there's a
1: saying in Russia, like, a like a man's wallet is for everybody, or is for the group, a community resource, whatever, and the woman's wallet is private. Okay, facts, yeah. So yeah, he, yeah <laughs> the facts, like, right? Like, if you tried that with, like, a Russian woman, she would have just laughed in his face, right? But it's actually really unfortunate to me, yeah, how, you know, Nordic women, uh, German women, and uh, Dutch women, yeah, they, they feel like uh, you know, if they want to be empowered or if they want to like an equal relationship that they have to financially contribute to the relationship. Right. And so I'm sure these women were thinking like, Oh, he's already spent so much money on me and he's a billionaire. You know, I have to contribute financially somehow too. Right. And that's another thing, like (laughs) just to stop feeling obligated to men, like God, just reject that feeling altogether. Lady, I highly recommend women just shift their mindset such that you feel like men owe you shit. Yeah. Like, don't feel like you owe men shit. You don't. Understand that they owe you shit. They're the ones who are trying to impress you. You're the interviewer here. Okay. (laughs) You know? But yeah.
0: And then what was the second thing, like, where he tried to convince her to get an apartment for him for $15,000?
2: Yeah, so he said after, like, a month or so, let's move in together. And he basically gave her, like, a blank check of up to $15,000 per month in rent. Mm -hmm. So she was going around all these apartments you know doing viewings and she even put an offer on an apartment i'm not sure how she did that because the houses that she was going around in london are like diplomats quarter basically places that only uh, diplomats who are being funded by their government can afford. Um, I was actually born there, just saying, just a bit of flex. Anyway. <laughs> flex. But, yeah. <laughs> flex. but yeah, um, so, so yeah, and I'm just, and again, it was just that pacing of the relationship was just way too quick. And yeah. I, uh, 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 but to be honest, I'm not sure if the documentary left certain things out because I don't know how, she came to believe he could afford a $15,000 apartment, you know, for them to move into. I mean, did he send her money? Did he, I mean, apart from like the private jet and the fancy dins and all that, but did she get any like, you know, money out of him? I don't know. It was just a bit random.
1: That's the thing. is, like the, he was spending this money on her, but she didn't actually see cash.
2: Did she see any of that money? I'm not sure if she... It wasn't clear if she did. No, I'm
1: sure he was just using another woman's credit card to buy... (laughs) That's the thing. Imagine imagine going on a date with a guy and use another woman's credit card to pay for it, right?
0: Well, that's what he did with Pernilla. So, like, all of the money he was... All the money he was using to take Pernilla on trips was Cecilia's money. (gasps) That was actually
1: the worst part of this show was that when the part where he's in Mykonos and it's, like, it's cut, the documentary cuts between, like, Pernilla talking about all the, you know, expensive dinners and clubbing and all this, like fun travel experiences that they're having interspersed, you know, cut back and forth with Cecilia, like, crying over being financially ruined. That gutted me. Yeah. Again, this is why you don't owe... This is why you shouldn't owe shit to men, okay? Because they do shady shit like this.
0: Right. If I was in Prinilla's situation, because Prinilla kind of was fine all the way up until she took out thirty thousand dollars of her own money, like that's when like most of the Russian models would have bounced. Like, oh man, I don't have it. Like, it bounced out of his life and enjoyed like the yeah. free meals and everything. Right? Because like she didn't pay for anything for a while, so he kind of he ran a much longer con on her than he did on C- Cecilia. It seemed like C- all that happened with Cecilia like over the course of a month. Yeah, I think Cecilia
1: because she she you know mentioned like you know the disney thing and she seemed like the romantic she seemed a lot more gullible maybe so he thought he could afford to do an accelerated pace on her because he saw her as a more you know profitable mark so to speak um whereas Pranilla seemed to you know she seemed to have maybe not like necessarily boundaries but like the fa- you know the fact that she was like oh you know she didn't get romantically involved with him right so there he couldn't afford to re- to play the same game with her
2: But that's the danger in, and I always say, or I've always believed that just because a guy, he may not be into you sexually, that doesn't mean that he's not using you. (laughs) And you have to be really careful of that. You know, that's just the danger with, I think, with, um, with friendships with men is that generally speaking, like men aren't raised to be equitable and fair in their dealings with women. And people can apply this context to relationships, but for some reason they think that that men act differently in friendships, and they just don't. Like, it's not the same. So, and a lot of women seem to think, oh yeah, well, my male friend, he's great because he doesn't want anything sexually. Which may be true, but that doesn't mean that he's not using you in other ways. That doesn't mean that he's not know, taking money from you, like in, you know, Polina's case, or he's not using you as a free therapist or a dumping ground for his emotions or an ego boost. Like you just really, really need to be careful. And you also need to really, 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 really vet your male friends. I personally can't be bothered to do that on a mass scale. So that's just why I have very, very few of them.
1: See, I have a different strategy for a couple of years. I mean, now I'm in a relationship, so I can't do this anymore. But for a couple of years, I did basically like monetize my male friendships, like my male orbiters. So (laughs) again, same energy that you would have, (laughs) same energy that I would have in a relationship, right? It's like, don't, don't have any kind of relationship with men, whether it's romantic or otherwise, if you're not benefiting from it. Like, Duh.
2: But I can say that the like the male friends I do like keep around bring immense benefit to me but yeah. I just keep the circle small because generally speaking if we you know if we accept that most men aren't good relationship material then they're also not good friendship material because a friendship is also a relationship just a different mm-hmm. kind.
0: Yeah. I mean there's guys that can really afford that lifestyle generally it comes with some kind of price. That's the thing. There are men, there are men that are that wealthy, but then there's even men who aren't that wealthy, but they just are like the type of guys that do nice things. So they spend the money and don't mind like your company behind it. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is first of all, not being able to tell the real guys from the scammers. And then like, um, all these compliance tests failing them. Like you didn't recognize the compliance test to know that like he, you were the mark in the situation. Wait, what? Right. I don't get it. Okay. So like, I'm trying to think of like the difference between a rich guy who was not a scammer. Who wanted to take you out and wanted to treat you to the nice things he has versus a rich, a quote unquote rich guy, a fake rich guy that was trying to scam you.
1: Well, how to tell the difference between a real rich guy and a fake rich guy? A real, yeah, exactly.
0: Because there are guys that are like they're a deep in credit card debt, they're they don't have shit, and they're just like f- they're faking the funk, so to speak, and/or it's a long part of a long con, a long a long scam. And it's not just Simon that does this. There's been a couple other like really high-profile Tinder swindlers, too, of guys who were um, essentially, like, faking that they had a certain lifestyle, but they were actually scamming people, either through Ponzi schemes or, like, fake business courses and all this kind of stuff. Oh, like the Fire Festival. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But he's a perfect example. He scammed, like, men and women. He scammed a bunch of people. He
2: scammed everyone, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so many people, like, top investors as well. Elizabeth Holmes is another one. Exactly. She scammed, like, you know, fucking, you know... um, is it a five-star
0: general, James Mattis, for goodness sake? <laughs> but, like, uh. like, in a dating context about, like, how you tell the rich guys that are just, like, treating you nicely I to, mean, like... I mean, first of
1: all, if he's really wealthy, he shouldn't be asking you for money. That's, like, the probably the first red flag. And I don't care what the reasons are. Incredibly wealthy people are generally incredibly well connected with other wealthy people right so the fact that he didn't have any other billionaire friends or millionaire friends or whatever to bail him out to borrow (laughs) money from and he's borrowing money from this like just you know ordinary like middle class kind of girl that's a sign of a splendid daddy okay and
2: if and if you look at the amount he was borrowing like to the average person is a lot of money, but to a billionaire, like $30,000 is chicken change. Like, yeah. you can probably find that in the floor of their, of their mansions or in their apartments. Why is he borrowing quite- but Their
1: bathtub is probably worth that much, like-
2: Exactly. Why is he borrowing, like, re- And also, he even said to Panilla, oh, I can give you one of my watches in, um, you know, to replace the money that I should have sent by transfer. It was
1: fake! But was why fake. can he- yeah. s-
2: But if it was real, like, why couldn't he sell the watches in the first place? Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly but to raise money. Yeah, like, why couldn't he just hand her a stack of cash, right? So But
2: I mean I mean, I'm not trying to blame these like women for not seeing it because I think that the way he he laid up the con, they were so emotionally invested and so worried about him that they just weren't really thinking it like through properly. Cause it's true, like if your friend is saying, look, I'm gonna be killed if you know, and I need you know, financial help to, you know, to not die, then you would want to do it. And he just completely preyed upon their caring instinct.
1: That's what I mean. I think if it wasn't for FDS, I could have fallen for this scam, right? Like, I actually see... I, I'm not blaming these women. I actually identify with them somewhat. I think it's really unfortunate, but I do feel like society sets women up to fail by, you know, insisting women give men the benefit of the doubt, by idealizing romance, by making women feel like they owe things to men and that, you know, the whole 50, 50 relationship mentality kind of thing, um, you know, concealing male scrotery or like downplaying it or like, Oh, not all men are like that, like that kind of thing. Right. Like your default should be to not trust men and it's his job to earn your trust. Whereas, you know, again, like a lot of these women, and I only think that way mostly because of FDS actually. Right. Yeah. A lot of these women who, maybe didn't get that information or who weren't raised in that way to be, you know, skeptical of men. Right. I are so much, so much more easily swindled. And so I don't blame these women. I blame the greater society that allows the, these sorts of conditions to happen.
0: And I, I also want to bring up like his reaction to when she finally did start setting boundaries and how he started, like, you don't want to make me into a powerful enemy and like uh freaking out. Oh, that was fucking terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. When you're vetting men, if she had set boundaries early on, that would have revealed itself again, setting, setting a boundary and then seeing how he reacts because a fake rich guy is, is trying to uh, do different things to, to test compliance and your ability to go along with the scam and the ruse. More often a guy who probably has the wealth, if you turn it down, if you don't want to do something, if you want to go somewhere else, he should be reasonably open to that. Right. There shouldn't be like a sense of urgency or like a poor reaction to you setting boundaries in the way that uh, Simon did. So I feel like that was also like one of the major tells is that like she didn't set any boundaries. It doesn't seem like she set any boundaries with him yeah. prior. And so then when she finally did start trying to set boundaries, she saw his true colors. But I'm like, if you would have did that shit like up front, and even if it was a small boundary, like I can't see you tonight. Mm -hmm. he would have either disappeared or he would have started to show his colors then.
1: Yeah. Like the fact that he, the moment she started to set a boundary, he's like, what the fuck is this bullshit? And started, you know, uh, that's another huge red flag in general. It's like always beware of people and not just, it's not just men who do this. Women do this too. Sometimes where um, if they get confronted over a lie or, you know, they feel like they're cornered or something, they'll do this like disproportionate over the top angry response uh, to try to get you to back down, to try to get you to, you know, doubt yourself. Um, that's another thing that always is like a pattern recognition mode thing for me is if I have a relatively minor conflict with someone and they respond by blowing up at me, they're probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but a lot, again, a lot because of s- female socialization, a lot of women in that situation will be like, oh, am I the bad guy? Am I wrong? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like women are taught to internalize blame and, and so on. Right. So that that's the other red flag for women to be aware of.
0: Yeah. yeah so that this is like these are little tells that were there along the way prior to him even asking for money or even at least the vetting strategy she could have done to like see how sincere this guy was about her but also like about his entire life and whether he's a narc if he would ever responded with like oh this is your last chance or i'm not going to be here tomorrow any type of like threat that's not a real rich guy Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At all.
1: <laughs> or even if he is rich, he's, he's a, a toxic, toxic, toxic person, asshole. right? And you wouldn't want to date him anyways. And in fact, like, a man who is both rich and toxic are the most terrifying yeah, of sure. all. Like, a, a rich guy who's sort of, like, maybe bumbling and, like, you know, not, like, actively toxic generally sort of means well. He's he's probably all right. But a man who's both powerful, rich, and a narcissist fucking Run,
0: you, you can't win. He's win. got too much power. You can't
1: win. The only way that you can win is to avoid yeah. them altogether. Trust me. Ugh, this is so heavy. So, what take, take my word take... for it. <laughs> I learned this, I learned these things the hard way. Okay. Uh, by the way, I want to say I see this as like a educational opportunity. And so, when we say, like, oh, the woman should have done this or woman should have done that, it's not to blame the woman. It's to be like, oh, these are some things that women should watch out for because, you know, these women they were very brave, actually, in coming forward. And they got a ton of backlash, you know, tons of people calling them gold diggers, gullible, dumb, oh, she only saw his money, she deserved it, that kind of stuff. So it took a lot of courage for these women to come forward. And I'm really glad they did, because it's, and you know, they they wanted to make it so that other women wouldn't get scammed by him. And I want to sort of take that a step further and not only do i want women to not get scanned by simon i want women to not get scanned by any men right like this needs to be widespread knowledge for all women yeah all women need to know these things and so i'm actually really grateful to these three women for coming forward with their story
2: um because it's so easy to you know to call these women stupid they were dumb because the amounts are you know very astronomical but how many people you know watching this documentary have you know loaned somebody money whether it be a friend or a boyfriend or a husband or whatever and they didn't get it back like uh, there are so many women who are basically doing you know what these three women did in the documentary for men every single day and it's only because the amounts are a lot smaller that people aren't talking about it so i just want to talk about the finance side of it and you know in terms of the fact that cecilia gave him her credit card the fact she was taking out loans in his um you give him the fact that they were transferring huge sums of money to him even though he hadn't paid back the original sum um you know i worked in finance for extremely long time and one of the golden rules was that trust nobody when it comes to money Mm -hmm. so I don't tend to um like to loan money I give money so if somebody says you know can I you know loan 20 quid I'll be like no you can have it and this might sound weird but it allows me to set financial boundaries because if I cannot let that money go as in if if I would be in trouble if i didn't see that money again i just say no so if a guy did ask me for five thousand pounds i'm not gonna give him five grand so it will be no like a high value person that he wouldn't ever be comfortable with you getting into debt on his behalf
0: or asking for money period what kind of man, like, asked him for
1: money? He, yeah, he was asking this woman to pawn her car to sell her house. Like, the audacity, period.
2: But at the same time, he knew, in fact, he even suggested that she takes out loans, uh, Cecilia, that she took out loans after he'd maxed out her credit cards. A high-value man would actually never no. do that. And if a guy is comfortable with you getting into debt to help him, that means he's not planning on sticking around. Because, you know, why would he want to marry somebody? <laughs> <laughs> that he's just saddled yeah. with debt and unfortunately cecilia fell into the trap of believing and she even said like you know well i'm his girlfriend of course he's gonna come to me for he's money. a billionaire sis. <laughs> he's a billionaire but also but also that's a dangerous way to think when you are with a man because ultimately you are taking out the loans in your name the credit card is in your name that means the uh the liability for paying back the debt is a hundred percent on you and the thing is, on um, you know people were asking on social media, "Oh, he's not gone to prison yet. why not? why not and it's because the 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 transactions that he got out of these women, so Celia's credit card and the transfers they were done legitimately, as in like he didn't you know nick her credit card and start using it. She gave him the card, and every bank will tell you not to do that because even if you add an additional card holder which you can do up to four people um the person whose like name is on the credit account is a hundred percent is a hundred percent responsible for the whole bill. So, you know, you might be thinking that you're doing Bonnie and Clyde, but actually he's just running up debt in your name and he will le- and he can and often do, they will leave you holding the bag. I mean I've known so many I used to see it all the time in the bank where a woman would take out, you know, something like a phone contract for her partner because he um he couldn't get credit, which by the way, if the bank wouldn't loan somebody money or a company wouldn't loan somebody money because they're too high risk, then neither should you, by the way. Neither just should
1: you. <laughs> then Neither yeah. should you.
2: That's just a general financial lesson. Like, cause ultimately as well, like if people default on their loan to the bank, like they've got buffers, they can, you know, they've got the means to pursue somebody and make their life hell for not paying it back. I mean, you don't have those means. You can go to a small claims court, but it's a long process and ultimately it's a civil matter because the bank will see that as authorized the transactions that she did she said that she did them
1: if she tried to sue him there would be all these recordings of her being like oh yes i'm spending this money kind of thing like she would have no case and also
2: she gave her card to someone else
1: like, yeah
0: and i'm like i said i would straight up have, at that point called the credit card company and said it was stolen like just straight up like cut your losses yes yeah.
2: exactly that's what she should have did but you guys <laughs> just you just have to be extremely financially savvy and just trust nobody when it comes to your finances your credit is 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 something that belongs to you and only you like don't let any person whether that's a guy uh, you know a family member or whatever screw that up for you because like now cecilia she's still got like eight, you know credit creditors um on her back for the remaining amount because the bank want their money back just not a risk that you can afford to take and personally i've never seen a scenario where a woman has taken out a loan for a man and it's ended well
1: yeah you as an individual never loan someone money unless you're willing to lose that money if you can't afford to lose that money don't do it it's like where do you (laughs) yeah i've never heard like you said i've never heard of a situation where a woman has taken out a loan for a man and it's ended well for her, like, until, and le- the only exception I can think of is if you're married and you get a mortgage together or something like that, that maybe makes sense, Um, but even in cases where you're married and, sh- like, you know, she's paying off his student loans or, you know, a lot of guys like that, and, you know, people hate on FDS for saying we don't date, date broke bums, but here's the reality, is, like, just due to, like, male nature, <laughs> a broke man will exploit you. That's just how they be, right? Like, you know, if you don't want to be financially exploited by a man, like, I mean, you can be financially exploited by a rich man, but you're much, 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 much more likely to be financially exploited if he's a homosexual.
2: We used to get, like, so much shit from, like, customers who would be, like, if we queried a transaction, they'd be, like, screaming at us down the phone saying you know why are you asking me my date of birth like i actually give a shit and not just i'm just doing my job but it's to protect you like at one point american express they were blocking the transactions because it was clearly flagging in their system that this is abnormal you know activity so uh,
1: and she got on the phone being like no unblock it no raise the limit for my <laughs> and raise the
2: limit yeah and it's just you know girl, you just have to you just have to protect your finances so so well and don't let any man anywhere near your credit for wh- i mean i don't care if his like pet is gonna pass away tomorrow if you don't send him the money like you just need to protect yourself and it's not some of it's not even true like if a guy's in distress and he can't access funds sometimes it's not always true
0: <laughs> i'm in distress my enemies are after me they're after peter Send me seventy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <Like>
2: thousand dollars. <laughs> that honestly sounded like something out of a religious a religious film, like you know, like when they're like praying. I don't know if you if you got this red, gray guy. Got
0: enemies. Got a lot of enemies. So <laughs> I went. To,
2: yeah, and they were and, and they were literally like praying to like to to cast out the devil all night. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> Our enemies. Wait, what?
1: Me non-religion, me non-religious person, not understanding the joke. What? It's
2: it's just like because like in because I grew up in like in like evangelical like Baptist place. There was a lot of almost. I mean, I call it for example negative praying, where they pray against (laughs) their enemies to not destroy them, as opposed to praying for like happy, positive stuff. (laughs) So they would spend all night casting out demons and anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember (laughs) like. (laughs) <laughs> i remember my dad told me this <laughs> my dad told me this story years ago <laughs> <somehow>. <laughs> sorry i think i think like one of us like stole one of his drink, <laughs> stole one of his drinks or something and he was like okay if no one owns up to it i'm gonna read this verse in the bible that if i read it then the person who did it <laughs>
1: Will like shit themselves in public. <laughs> Wait, so your dad said if you don't tell me who it is, I'm gonna pray and then the person who did it will shit themselves in public.
2: <laughs> in public. It's like humiliation.
0: It was complete bollocks. But yeah, it was stuff like that. There's um, a lot of stuff in the Bible where like uh like the prophets like curse their enemies and stuff, and so like a lot of Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when it's like my
2: enemies are after me, just like my enemies, it just reminded me of something out of like the Bible or religion, where there's just this, this like like vague conspiracy to destroy him. <laughs> 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 even, even now, like he's still saying this documentary is my, en- my enemy. My enemies. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he said, "I'm gonna sue you for defamation." This documentary is my enemy. My enemies.
0: My enemies is like having is like having haters, right? Like, so just think of like the ridiculousness of being like my haters are after me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. mate, haters are gonna hate, right? You gotta. get a- My enemies, (laughs) I want God to destroy my enemies. There's people that like pray for this shit, like
1: (laughs) pray to God to destroy my enemies. Oh my god, yeah, yeah,
2: that's why it was funny. (laughs) That's why it was funny. But instead of like praying to God, he just said, My enemies, give me 75,000 pounds, and I'll go away. (laughs) (laughs) My enemies, jeez.
1: (laughs) but that's what i I think that's what roe is referring to when he says his his scamming scamming skills were mid
0: (laughs) no but it's just like i mean it is kind of like a televangelist right where they're like if you just buy this blessed water for thirteen thousand dollars all of your enemies will be vanquished (laughs) the lord will make sure (laughs) 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 no
1: but televangelists are scammers right so that makes sense that they would use the same tactics i mean
2: honestly we laugh but but that's but that's exactly what happened like that happens in churches all the time it's not even a televangelist it's just like that is so common just to hear like if you pay five thousand pounds all your problems will go away like it's it's
0: really really common so they patch the collection plate around and they'll be like as much as you give that's how much god is going to vanquish your enemies yeah <laughs>
2: and did you ever get like um, like the priests or the pastors in the church like eyeballing how much everyone gave it was, <laughs> it was
0: <Yes>. like-, <laughs> like judging you <laughs> for how much you give It was like my
2: grandfather used to, for that reason, used to break like, um, it was like a, uh, for example, like the equivalent of like a hundred dollars into like one dollar notes and just put in like (laughs) ten notes. So it looked like he was putting in more. It's like, how great is your faith (laughs) when he was putting in ten
0: (laughs) dollars? They always make, they always tell you like, if you really believe God is great and he's here to vanquish your enemies and put you up on the mountaintop, to you to see your success and be exalted among others, put seventy five thousand dollars in the collection
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you really believe in God, you'll drain your bank account. You know, if you're really a Christian, you'll you'll give you your entire paycheck.
2: <laughs> Legit. There's what people do. To be honest, I think we should do an episode on like religious scams because I can honestly see parallels between um, what Simon did and you know, what happens in the church. So they'll often also start with like the church sob story. I don't know if you had it as well, Ro, but I went to a church, <laughs> my uncle's church, and I was in Nigeria and they had a special priest for offering. So the music went to like that, you know, that sad church music. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, the sad church like, organ movie. Maybe it's like, yeah. And they were saying like, oh, the building's falling down. And, you know, we may not <laughs> be able to like basically starting like the whole, like, you know, bullshit practice. And then, oh, we need, you know, one million naira, so we need to raise it, like, today. Um, Sense of urgency. <laughs> yeah, it's the same tactics, honestly. If you the don't same...
1: donate money immediately, that ceiling fan above you, that's going to fall, and <laughs> it's God's way of telling you <laughs> yeah. to donate money. You know, you have to do it today, or else you know God will be mad at you or something. I don't know, like...
2: I mean, the last thing I would also like to to say on this as well is... Be aware of the force teaming aspect of when a guy uses the we too quickly.
1: Everything, that was the other thing I noticed actually, and I wrote down like him saying, like, everything we're going through, everything we're going through together. Yes, exactly. It's going to pay off later. I'll make it up to you. It's, it's, yeah. it's,
2: it's really spoken about extensively in The Gift of uh, Fear by Gavin DeBecker, which is a very good read. But basically, like, be aware of a man, um, you know, quickly using the, the we and like doing the force teaming like too soon
1: i i get this a lot actually men do this to me all the time and i'll even just call them out i'm like what's we who is we
2: it's essentially to disarm you and in this case in the case of the tinder swindler to make them invested in his i guess like non-existent problems so they will be invested in being a part of the solution to it
1: i will i want to talk about the ending and why why it's so great i want to talk about why okay 1st other, The only thing that made this not a happy ending for me was the fact that he only spent five months in prison and is apparently now like, you know, he's back on Instagram flexing and he has an Israeli model, uh, girlfriend kind of thing. And I'm like, girl, like, you know what this guy's like, you know, his deal, right? Like how says how how could you fall for this? Clou- She's clout chasing. Uh, maybe yeah, but still I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> girl, like why? W- <laughs> I, I'm kind of pissed off at any woman who would date him at this point, just because it's like a betrayal. I see it as a betrayal to female class solidarity. Uh, the whole reason why these women came out, these three women, was because they wanted his face to be plastered all over the place so that you know other women wouldn't fall for it, that shit. And so the fact that women are he's still being rewarded with women dating him, it kind of pisses me off. But I want to talk about why this is a happy ending, mostly, in my opinion. Um, First of all, like, the part where the three women, like, join forces against him, I was like, queen. (laughs) It just makes me feel like it's just a very important reminder that, like, we as women individually, we might be weak against men, but together we will be unstoppable, okay? And it's, to me, just a lesson in, like, the importance of women being able to compare notes. Hey, you know, what the three women did when they finally got together, they did the same thing that we do on FDS, which is like, oh, he did this to me. No way, he did this to me too. It's like a a sort of like a me too kind of moment, right? And once you realize like, hey, this guy's playing all of us kind of thing, that's when you kind of like can turn it back on him, right? And I want to talk about Eileen. And Eileen, for (laughs) Selling his clothes.
0: Yeah. So basically with Eileen, uh, she figured out that even though he doesn't actually have the money. So she was dating him this entire time. She'd been dating him for over a year when he She was the one who was with him the longest. She was with
1: him for 14 months. Yeah. yeah.
0: And she was dating him when he was, uh, cal- gallivanting with both Cecilia and Pranilla. And then she, she finds out that he's a scammer when they publish the article about the Tinder swiddler. And of course he denies everything, et cetera, et cetera, when she confronts him about it. But, uh, because, uh, He got cut off from his regular credit card scam. He didn't have any money anymore, so he kept asking Eileen to send him money. And so what she says she's going to do is to sell all of his clothes. She's like, I'm his only person left. He has no one else to turn to. I'm like, power move. 100%. So she starts selling his clothes, but she never – she says she's going to send him the money and then never does. Right? And so he starts to get progressively more aggressive, and progressively starts freaking out. And then like – acting like a psycho, Yeah going back and forth between, like, psychotic behavior and then trying to, like, coax her into, like, you know, oh, we're together, oh, baby, I love you so much, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And, so- uh,
2: and then he becomes the homeless king.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> from Prince of Diamonds to homeless king. I'm homeless king. <laughs> he's staying in one-star hostels and stuff, yeah. I, I The thing that I thought was the most entertaining was her ability to, like, pretend to be cool with him. And I, I do this sometimes, too, with men, uh, often in... Um, in like an off in like an office environment is I'll be friendly to guys who are either hostile to me or who I want to destroy. Um and men are fucking dumb. Like they just can't tell. Like oh, oh I could just be to his face being like, ah, like that's so funny kind of thing and in my head. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking destroy you and you don't even know it kind of thing. And they they can't seem to tell, right? So I I thought it was really hilarious that she was like pretending to be cool with him just to get him to meet up with her so that she could fill three suitcases worth of his clothes and resell them. I don't think, cause she ended up running up like $140,000 debt for him. So she didn't actually manage to pay back um, what she had. Right. But because she worked in the fashion industry, she was able to resell his clothes for, you know, a decent amount. I think it's kind of a bummer that her scam of him was way more high effort than his scam of these women. Right. Like it's a lot of work actually selling all these items on online and stuff. And it's like a hundred dollars here, or $200 here. It added up to maybe a few thousand dollars or whatever, right? But nowhere near what he scammed her of, right? But I do like—I do very much like the idea of like scamming the scammer kind of thing. I was like, uh, queen. I also love the imagery, just like from a cinematography standpoint, of like her ironing his clothes to resell while she's reading his phony ass letter, like his letter about like, oh, we're in this together, babe. I love you so much. Blah blah blah. And at the end, she's like, uh, cry me a river, uh, queen.
0: Okay. Wait, more women need to have this energy seriously. All right. So that's our show. Please check out our website, the as well as our Instagram at underscore the female dating strategy and our Twitter at them. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content and more discussion, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. We also will definitely be talking about this probably in the discord. So um, check us out. Thanks for listening. Queens. And for Simon, FDS is one of your enemies. Be (laughs) very, very afraid. We're coming for you. And die mad. (laughs) Bye.